0: Kia ora koutou katoa. I'm your podcast producer Maria Wynn, welcoming you to another episode of the Taikiya podcast where your host Kane Kilihoma and I are collecting and sharing stories of impact in Tita Rāwhiti.
1: Kia ora iwi, koutou e maina ki karere. Uh, hey, welcome to the Taikiya podcast. We're sharing stories of impact, people doing some awesome things uh, in our community here in Tita Rāwhiti, Welcome to everybody who's listening in. Today we've got Zane Sabo, come talk about a co-papa that came from Startup Weekend Tairafati last year, Home Sweet Shed. Kia ora, Zane. Kia ora, bro. Hey, cool way Tell us a little bit about yourself, Zane. Yeah, man.
0: So, you know my name. My father is from Norway, um, raised in England, and my mother's from Iraq, Baghdad, the um, heart of the beast. And they both moved to New Zealand you know, 40 years ago. Uh, so, I grew up. Mostly in Wellington, and I grew up in Wellington and the surrounding suburbs. Ended up studying architecture in Wellington. Uh, Did my five or six years there. Moved around a bit. Lived in Israel for about three and a half, four years. Uh, Working in architecture as a volunteer at a place called the Baha'i World Centre, and uh, after that, decided to come and live in Gissey because it just had everything that you could possibly want. I love uh, surfing hanging out with my kids, interested in uh, low-cost housing. That's kind of not the reason that I ended up studying architecture, but I could see that there was a need to improve housing around the world, and that's something that kind of got me into that. Um, Before I was persuaded into studying architecture, I wanted to be a stunt double. Um, That's a little quirk about me. (laughs) I (laughs) was really into free running and parkour and... Um, that sort of stuff, but I'm really glad that I chose a different path. Yeah, so I live in Gizzy now, in Kaiti, and run some youth groups over there and, and help with youth groups, and yeah, I've been also doing stuff to do with low-cost housing for a few years now, you know, trying to think about how to contribute to improving our housing situation uh, as, as a person who doesn't have a house. I also experienced that, you know, and it, and it motivates me. Yeah, and then got roped into Startup Weekend, which
1: is great. Yeah, before oh, well, I learned something every day, I didn't know did the stunt thing. So uh, <laughs> handy to know <laughs> if we ever go <laughs> yeah. jumping around and uh, <laughs> doing parkour. But um, I guess just to set some context, you know, real, I don't think it's an underestimate to say that we're experiencing quite a deep housing crisis here in Te Tairawhiti. Things that have both been long-term. Um, but also in the short term, the crisis that's been experienced around the the country definitely being felt here in Taita and people experiencing that in in lots of different ways and means. In terms of, there's definitely been a sharp rise in homelessness, through to the median house price. I, I think it's at least doubled, if not tripled, over the last few years. Uh, median rents, you know, have gone from somewhere more in the Two hundred, two hundred and fifty dollar a week mark to now, you know it's difficult to find anything below sort of six, seven hundred dollars a week for a three bedroom house. Like there's uh, an, a number of housing issues at play here in Taita and so I guess that sets some of the context for for some of the mahi that you're doing and in the in the low cost housing space. But looking for solutions for our community that we can deploy to, not only Respond to some of the immediate challenges, but also thinking longer term, in terms of some of those um, sustainability issues around housing, different materials, different methods for building, um, etc., cetera, et cetera. So, just setting a bit of context, I guess, around the the. But tell us about, tell us about home sweet shed, that co Papa and uh, yeah, what 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 is that about?
0: Yeah, well, just before, like you like you say that there's some serious issues. Um, not just in Taira but also throughout the country, um, if not globally, there, there are certain trends. Solving these will be very difficult. I've kind of come to the conclusion that basically, unless, unless people become a bit more enlightened, then there's not a lot we can do to, to solve the root cause of the problem. But there is plenty we can do to, to make it less bad. You know, so so we can change policies. We can build more houses. We can invest more heavily uh, in innovation, and making some yeah leaps and bounds in those areas. And all these things improve the situation. Uh, but we can only do these things if people have the desire to do these things, and people gain the desire to do these things. Kind of, in a sense, the 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 more enlightened we become, the the more. Willing and ready were to sacrifice to solve the problems, which might mean, you know, lower property prices, etc., for those people that own property who tend to be the voters. Um, but yeah, that that aside, there there are some things that also different individuals can do now, which is what kind of sprung home sweet shed. So you know, home sweet shed uh, was an idea that, let's just say, when I first started this project. of New Zealanders were in overcrowded housing situations. You know, one in 100 people are in some form of homelessness. Uh, I suspect in Tairawhiti that's probably a bit worse, that there's more hardship in those areas. And so there's a recognition that there are some kind of simple solutions to this problem, which I had discovered in in previous low-cost housing work, for instance, caravans and tiny homes some of these, and uh, cabins. There's also a recognition that we've got a lot of garages that some people are already using as housing. Uh, In fact, 80% of houses in Aotearoa have garages. So garages, you know, people are using them as shelter already. Like they're, they're already a shelter. They're just often a bit cold and undignified. And so the question was, can we do something to turn garages into accommodation? And that's the idea that I came to the Startup Weekend with. Um, Originally, I thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool to build some sort of platform where people share different garage conversions they've done? And that was the idea I pitched, and, you know, we could learn from one another. And then through the Startup Weekend, that idea developed to, like, the, the kind of, the idea, hey, why don't you just do, give people the thing that would make the garages better? And so why not just create a kit that you could buy off the shelf that would allow people to convert their garages? And so that's, that's what we did. We took the idea from Startup Weekend, obviously kind of figured out some sums, some, some really rough figures and some really rough ways that it could work and spent the next few months kind of refining that, getting our first prototypes up up and running. Within, I guess, uh, within about six months off Startup Weekend, we had completed, you know, four prototypes of uh, the kits that we, we had kind of envisioned at the Startup Weekend. That took us 90% of the way there, and then got a... What do you call it? It's one of those things called well, "got a contract." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone like the four, and, and a big thanks to taikia for supporting us with one of those and kind of kickstarting it. So, so thanks taikia for doing that, and that led to another three. And after those four, we're done. Someone thought, yeah, that seems pretty cool. Why don't we try ten? And we thought, great idea. We'll, we'll take the idea that's ninety percent of the way there and see if we can get it hundred percent of the way there. And I feel like that's what we've done. So over. About six months, we we then did that, and uh, that, that's where we ended up. So what we have now is, to so <clears throat> just a bit of context. The idea has morphed a little bit. We thought we could do kind of small, medium, large, kind of as as a kit set size, but it turns out it's quite a bit of wastage if you do that. You know, so some people will lose thousands of dollars because it doesn't quite fit. So what we have now is, you know, tell us. Is your garage six by six or six by five uh, meters, and is it two point four meters tall or two meters tall? So it's pretty pretty standard, but there is v- enough variation to make it worth knowing what what it is. So you tell us, and then we send the kit that fits. You know, insulation, lining, carpet, uh, a marine carpet, more like a yeah, cold carpet. Yeah, and you can you can convert your garage uh, into A sleep out, usually in a couple of days or so. Costs you about, you know, depending on the size of your garage, five to ten thousand dollars. Very comfortable where where it is at the moment. And just just trying to figure out the the next steps. Pretty epic. uh,
1: (laughs) pretty epic in terms of yeah, taking a pretty simple idea and thing I love is kind of looking at the existing capacity and assets that are already there and thinking about how do we get you know, better utilization out of the resources that are already there in terms of responding to some of the immediate challenges. You know, lots of people sleeping in their cars down the beach and those sorts of things. You know, how do we create more space and, and capacity for fire? you know, using these these types of ideas. So so real awesome to see the the progress that you know was and the momentum that was uh, able to be made and had had the had the privilege of being um getting to come along to one of those sheds and yeah getting the nail gun and um, going hard for for a few hours and putting things together and just sort of seeing it in action, which was really cool would have been some of the some of the real learnings and and you know, I guess some of the challenges along the way as you've gone through to this sort of prototyping testing and you know the implementing getting through these fourteen sheds over the last sort of twelve months or so.
0: Yeah, uh, learning is learning at every every corner of the way down down that path. Yeah, so much learning. I think the one of the things at Startup Weekend is this question of validation. You're always trying to validate y- your idea, and I guess real world, like making it real world, and so. I think there's been a lot of learning. Obviously, we did that at the startup weekend, but there were some assumptions we made that turned out not to be true. <laughs> or, or, you know, your data set's not big enough. <laughs> and so, like like I said, you've got the small, medium, large. And if you've got a small data set, that seems all good. But if you manage, for instance, to get all the garage sizes in Gizzy, you know, it becomes apparent that actually... No, (laughs) like what what you thought, you know, single, double, triple, it's not, not quite so simple, even though for marketing purposes, maybe it is, you know, so for the buyer, but in terms of a manufacturer, yeah, oh gosh, just, just everything. There's a huge learning around crunching numbers. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's huge and still learning about that, but you, you got to know what things kind of cost, like in order to know whether it's going to work. So there's the, there's, I guess, a few different sides to that, you know, one one is what does it cost and are people going to be willing to pay that much for it? Like even if you have a great product, but it just costs a bit too much, you know, is there there a market for it? Yeah. And then just what, you know, what are your overheads? (laughs) Like like things, I, I can't remember how much. I know they are explored at Startup Weekend to some degree, but I, I can't remember exactly. And I guess different different people will approach that in different ways. But yeah, huge learning in terms of just, you know, the value of stuff, the value of everything. Everything has a value. Yeah, the design, designing the product itself, uh, I guess both myself and my business partner have, have degrees in architecture. And so... You know, we, we had some skill in this area. Like it was always going to, I felt like it was always going to work out somewhere or another. So number, crunching numbers, work, oh man, working with like other organizations and just people like, and, and trying to organize workshops and trying to, yeah, just huge, a huge, huge amount of learning around that. Also a lot of learning around how to determine, because we got funding and we we're able to give these away for free. Who got one? And how to figure out who should get one and how to read people that you don't know and know whether, you know, they're saying that they need one, but they don't. <laughs> or, or not that they don't, because we, we reckon you know, everyone can have one, but, you know, priorities. So if there is a family, which, you know, came across a, a number of families living in garages that are uninsulated, uh, it's important that they would be kind of high priority versus someone that just wants a bit of extra space or like it would be handy to have an extra room for when friends and family visit and so yeah a lot of learning around that and a big shout out to supergrands who ended up helping us kind of navigate that space and, and had their own social workers and could make good recommendations as well as other organizations that, that did the same
1: what are, what are some of the um the impact stories the Vino that you've been able to help into into extra space or being able to insulate the spaces they were already living in or you know what, what what are some of the stories that have stood out for you in terms of what you've been able to do over the last year or so
0: mm, yeah good question and some of those stories we're still in the process of collecting but the the impact for some people is literally life-changing to kind of blow blow my own horn because um, it it's not really the point but yeah, for some people, they literally say this changed our lives. Especially, yes, situations where people, you know, they're getting sick because they're living in, in, in bad spaces or, you know, family members wouldn't visit them. I think that was kind of a, a sad story, like some family members didn't really want to come visit Dad, you know, for the weekend because Dad's living in a shed and they just don't want to stay there. which <laughs> Fair enough. So to kind of, yeah, upgrade a space so that people are happy in it. Uh, I think one of the cool things is that the, once again, having design backgrounds, the aesthetics of it were, were really important to us that uh, it, it needed to look good and, and, you know, feel dignified. And, and so a lot of the garages ended up being the best rooms in the house aesthetically and people would fight over them (laughs) as to who got to who got to stay in the garage yeah so people becoming I guess proud of their spaces yeah I mean there's like sleeping in a tin shed it's a bit like sleeping in a car like there's just freezing and so to to wrap a insulation around that sort of space and make it warm yeah I remember one one kid who was living in the garage was like oh it's too hot now (laughs) he's like i can't sleep with the blankets on (laughs) yeah i like i like that it's an interesting thing to measure like well what is the impact of something um and and i'd say that there's probably like a good project that could happen where someone's measuring the impact of yeah um, just whether it's a garage conversion or a sleep out but creating like a comfortable space for people to have and What's, yeah, what's the social return on investment for that? Um, and I, I suspect it's high, you know, from people just being able to, like, get promotions because they're not exhausted because they weren't freezing at night to, yeah, children not getting sick. And, and I think there's, yeah, this thing about being proud of where you live and where you stay, you know, that just does a whole thing to, to a person's persona and how they feel about themselves. And see themselves if you feel like, you know, you, you can't invite people into your house because you just feel like it's it's gross or yeah, that's really negative mm. when when people are in that situation.
1: Are the the ones that you've helped, are they families, are they elders, are they single people, is there a bit of a mix? Like what what what's the characteristics of the people that are that you've done sheet conversions for,
0: yeah, a bit, bit of a bit of everything, to be honest. Yeah, in terms of age ranges, all ages, I'd say. You know, um, families with young children to elders, people in their seventies, and it's quite cool because these are these are do-it-yourself kits. I should have probably made that clear at the beginning, but people people are putting these things together themselves. And so it's cool to see seven-year-olds, you know, be able to handle these materials. And the, the kits were designed so that it would be easy, you know, for um, people to put together uh, and people without necessarily a lot of experience. So, yeah, no, nah, f- full range, full range, full backgrounds. Yeah, so far. I mean, we haven't done, like, 15, it's not, it's not a lot. would like to get to 15,000, but, yeah.
1: 15's massive, uh, <laughs> I think, in terms of where the idea comes from and all the mahi that's been done to date. And um, I, I love that piece around it being DIY in terms of empowering, you know, giving people, like I know there's been funding and so there's that part of it, yeah. but even then people still have to put it together themselves and there's something really empowering for people to be able to you know have used their hands to transform the spaces that they're living in i think there's something really kind of quite incredible you know to that sort of model so there isn't people coming and doing it for them and then saying ta-da you know and here's your space it's like here's the tools you know here's what you kind of need now you've got a it's by your hands that you're now going to transform this into a space that's going to you know, mm. keep you warm and dry, and be you know something for you to be proud of, you know, and, and of your efforts and your work with a little bit of, a little bit of help. I think that's quite incredible. Let's go back to, to the genesis of it of, of, of startup weekend because that's obviously been quite pivotal in terms of helping to support this cope and and bring it to life in some ways. Talk us through that experience, and I guess for others out there that, you know, might might have other similar ideas, not necessarily housing, but they're seeing. Challenges perhaps in the community or have ideas about how to create some kind of positive impact and are looking for an opportunity to bring some of those ideas to life. Talk us a little bit about your startup weekend experience and just kind of how it went and what you, yeah, what you learned and how it grow, you know, helped to grow not only the idea but you as well as the person and the the champion of of this co-pop.
0: Yeah, startup weekend for me, was fairly is an interesting, interesting experience in the in the sense I wasn't gonna go, and I had I guess there were a few other things on, and I kind of had my arm twisted to to give it a go. My kind of expectations were I was gonna be surrounded by people that want to start businesses who care about the bottom line, um, and I thought why would I want to spend my weekend? Um, hanging out with people that are just interested in making some money you know with whatever their ideas were It kind of it just didn't really interest me but I was was probably one of the reasons it had a great impact on me actually is because I was very surprised that that was not really how the startup weekend went it was a bunch of people who really um, wanted to make a difference in their communities and had great ideas as to how to do that Um, and this was a space where they could explore how how to do that. And yeah, so you kind of arrived the first night, and pitched some ideas, I didn't know how it worked. Uh, I pitched this idea that I mentioned earlier and then kind of different people buy into your ideas, which I didn't quite understand and I didn't understand that I had to try and get support for my ideas cuz you know, at some point you kind of trying to form groups. So I was just kind of standing around waiting. (laughs) I was like, what what happens now? And I could see everyone hustling. I was like, oh, there's some hustling going on. But yeah, ended up with a team of nine. I think it was like nine. I think uh, you had the biggest
1: group of the whole thing. (laughs) Um,
0: Which was, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I guess a part of the reason I did go was just to make those connections and and to it was was a trust thing as well because Renee had encouraged me to go trust renee okay we'll go yeah (laughs) anyway so yeah having the large team was interesting Uh, i think with such a large team a lot of the it was kind of like a lot of management had to go on in order to coordinate those efforts yeah it's it's intense definitely stretches you i really loved some of the ways that consultation and decision making was framed For instance, that you can't really say no to an idea unless you have a reason. You can't just, no, I don't like you, I don't like your idea. Everything was framed as moving forward, learning together, trying to improve. And so, yeah, beautiful, beautiful space. Maybe you could just repeat a little bit of what what you're after. I've forgotten again.
1: Oh, no, I think those are all great, valuable insights and just in terms of sharing with probably people who haven't been to Startup Weekend. It's coming up the 14th to the 16th of October, and so there's an opportunity coming up, and perhaps people have seen the the stuff on social media or heard people talking about it, but just uh, share some of those experiences from from having been through it yourself.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of good ideas out there that people have, and this is a space to just test, you know, test those ideas, so... If you're a person that reckons you know how to do something, you know, or wouldn't it be great if X, Y, and Z happened, then we could all live, you know, healthier lives, or you know, w- whatever it is. Yeah, I think those people should come forward, pitch their ideas, um, in their most basic forms, uh, form if possible, form a group around them, kind of explore how it might work, and then ideally. Look, look to how afterwards, create the space to make it happen. Yeah, which I think is, is what happened to us. Pitched an idea. <laughs> and people jumped on board, kind of had a crack at how it could look like, what, what might happen. Yep, sweet. Looking good. And then, because it, cause it felt like it was a good idea to me at least, uh, yeah, went out and made some space in my schedule to pursue it. And, and it's probably a good idea in the end, day. Eh? A year later,
1: <laughs> no, brilliant. Yeah, well, you know, big thanks to you because it takes some um, some pretty courageous and, and, and selfless kind of leadership to lean into doing the the mahi that you're that you're doing and have been doing. Love the way that uh, you know just hop in and you know start up. We can definitely catalyze something, but it's all the mahi that's kind of come afterwards to put all those different strands together and. Uh, you know, continue working on something that is uh, definitely of huge need, you know, here in, in Te Tairawhiti. And while it's, you know, as, as you share some of those stories of, yeah, how it is literally changing, it's life-changing for many of our whānau that are, you know, are, many are living in, in quite dire, you know, sort of circumstances and, and things is the ability to, you know, change their their are and create a space where they feel good and proud and healthy and um, you know all those sorts of things. That's that's really significant. So um, you know, big big thanks from um, from all of us for all the mahi you're doing. Yeah, really looking forward to um, you know where it kind of goes to, and also loving that it's um, that it's real design thinking and entrepreneurial, and in, in terms of it pivots and changes and adapts as. You know, things become clearer and assumptions either get, you know, even proven right or wrong. But it's this whole learning journey of trying to just, you know, find different people and, and learning the way forward. I think that's that's really awesome. But um, thanks for coming and sharing a little bit of your your mahi and your experience with us on our, on our podcast here.
0: Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. I think just uh, for anyone that does have an idea, like, yeah, don't let that dream die if you think it's a good idea. Sorry, I, I know. <laughs> but just uh, some context. Like at Startup Weekend, I don't think the judges really bought into our idea, but I think it, it was it was a it was a reasonable idea, and it turns out that other people really have bought into it. So yeah, come to Startup Weekend,
1: <laughs> learn some stuff, and then do it. Yeah, awesome advice. Hey, eh? and I'm um, looking forward to Startup Weekend coming up here into Taifatia in October. I'm um, looking forward to all the new ideas that get. Brought forward and all the new whānau that yeah step forward into um, bringing their ideas to life. So check out that one if you're um, if you're around into Taideraity and um, on the 14th to the 16th of October. But thanks Zane for coming in and sharing on our podcast today. And to everybody that's listening out there, hey thanks very much and um, check us out. Keep listening to our podcasts. Check out the Taiki page. There's heaps kind of going on. Um, in this little fuddy and heaps of cool impact projects like the Home Sweet Shed, Kaupapa and many others. Um, so yeah, kia ora
0: Kia ora koutou katoa. My name is Maru Nguyen. I am your podcast producer for the Taikia podcast. Your host, Kane killingham and I have taken on the challenge of collecting and sharing stories of impact from Tita Nafati. If you have any feedback or would like more information into the cool stuff we do here at Taikia, please check out our Facebook and Instagram, which is Taikia Impact House and Taikia Next Gen.